With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. The playoffs are still underway here in the first round. I am joined by none other than Ryan Jury out of Guelph. And uh, Ryan, thanks for hopping out with me, bud. I know uh, it was kind of a last-second thing. Uh kind of dozed off myself there at the end of the Toronto game. But, uh, I mean, it's not like they were in the game at all at that point. Five yeah, you, you dozed off? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, the, I, I'd say the least definitely dozed off from uh, first puck drop. So they were uh, pump, getting pumped three nothing, and wasn't even halfway into the first period. I I can't literally think of a single redeeming quality about any aspect of a second of that game for that team. That was atrociously bad, and I know that. The series is tied. They still have home ice. It's one game. Yes, it's the back-to-back cup champs. But that's almost what makes it worse is is who they're playing because they have failed at doing anything of significance in the playoffs with this group. And now you're playing the bar. The the bar of playoff excellence over the last two seasons can't get higher than who you're playing. And to come out like that, let alone come out like that up to one in the series, the Leafs outskated and outworked, outdetailed, basically out everything to Tampa in game three. And... That's how you come out and start what could be a real monumental game four for you where you can win that game and go back home up 3-1. That was so embarrassing. Yep. Um I, I I literally I can't I can't find one player that was good. Um even Matthews, who I know 
given the way some of the rest of the players are playing is him and Marner are on a bit of an offensive Island right now. I thought at best I'd give him a C plus tonight. If you maybe even a C, if you want to give him a C plus for some of the chances he generated it, particularly in the second period, fine. But I thought he was soft on the wall. I thought he got knocked off a lot of pucks for being six foot four and being this 60 goal scorer dominant guy. I uh, I didn't think that one single player had a passing grade that that you'd take home to your parents and say, look at my report card, mom, not a chance. They yeah. were awful from puck drop and they were awful for the rest of the game. Yeah, like, like do you think this was, I think this is so much worse. Like I thought the, the way the Panthers played against your Capitals was pretty pathetic, but I mean, yeah, this, this was, this was really bad, really, really bad. Like, at no point during this game were they like they would just look like they were playing scared from the start of the game. Like they didn't want to be be the aggressor. They were on their heels a lot. Like Jack Campbell, the, in the time he was in net, just like he was fighting the puck. And I mean, e- even when he when he was making saves, like you know, there was nobody there to pick up uh, pick up F uh, two. You know what I mean? Like there's nobody there to help him out or bail him out. Like. You, you of course you want to save from him on that uh, at Colton goal that was like a dagger this a knife that essentially sliced through his glove and found its way into the back of the net but like for the love of God like bail your goalie out at some point here like do something be be, be helpful like they, 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 they did nothing to help their goaltender offensively defensively they they didn't just don't look this is why they're not going to get by Tampa in the first round, man. And then you saw that, that, that lackadaisical, I mean, I'm just, I hate to put it this way, but coward, not coward, cowardly play from Nylander. Oh, you can put year. it that way. He's a coward. Like, you know, you're, you're trying to like Gretzky said it in between the second and third, like you have to play this period by period uh, to try and gain momentum to go to the next game. Okay. You're down five, nothing here. Yeah, you're probably not coming back to this, but at least win this period so you can continue to go from the third period of this game into the first period going back to, I believe they're going back to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to Toronto to at least have that momentum and to sit there and, like, you started the period off well, you got a power play, you scored a goal, but then the same guy who scores that goal just watches the guy beat him on the on the forecheck. Like, it was pathetic. It was, and he's going to get, he's going to, I mean, he already is. You just got to go on social media. It's, you know. I'll bring he, it up right here. Well, he's going to get destroyed uh, by by media and fans. And, I mean, are people too hard on Nylander at times? Yeah, sure. Like, are, are we too hard on every player we're critical of? Probably a little bit. But, man, like, it's deserved this time. Like, you can't do this. I had a number of my friends that are big Lee fans texting me about this. And, and I, I said to them, he is, uh, and I had said this in the past, uh, having watched both these guys play a lot of hockey. He is William or, uh, he, William Nylander is Alexander Semen. He is the second coming of Alexander Semen. Like I watched that guy for a long time do exactly the same thing. He might score two goals in a game, and that's what Nylander did when it was too little too late. Mm-hmm. He might score a couple of goals, and 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 one of them might be one of the best wrist shots you've ever seen. 
And I can say that about both those guys. You ask a lot of goalies back when Semin was playing, he had the scariest wrist shot. But you just never knew when he was ever going to put himself in a position to actually unleash it because the effort level of this guy was so atrociously low. Um, and I know that there are people out there right now that are that are going, I can't believe you're comparing Nylander to Alexander Semin because they only remember how bad Semin was as a Montreal Canadian and and partially as a, a Carolina Hurricane. Alexander Semin scored 40 goals one year for the Caps and had 30 a few other times. Like, really, really good player. And he had so much talent, but was probably the most frustrating to player to coach in the NHL. William Nylander might be that guy now because you'll see him do something incredible in the offensive zone or make a beautiful pass or unleash an incredible wrist shot and make an impact on the board. But then you'll see plays like what we saw tonight. And that wasn't the first time he did it. And I just can't believe that that's your battle level, your desire level in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And let's be frank, that's the most glaring one that came out of tonight mm -hmm. and the one that everybody tweeted. A lot of other guys did it too. Oh, on it both wasn't just sides. Nylander. Oh, no. Riley did it a couple times. Yep. Matthews did it a couple times and got knocked off the puck, not wanting to battle with a guy along the wall. Tavares did it a couple times. Like, let's not just pretend Nylander's the only guy out there that was coasting around. All of Toronto's best players were doing the exact same thing. Yeah, it, it was it was terrible to watch, man. Like I said, just like you know, if you were if you were to wrap them up, wrap a play up by them that really defines this is a team right now. And granted, they they played two very good hockey games in the series to get up two games to one. But that right there is exactly why they will not get by 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 the back to back defending Stanley Cup champions. I mean, the task is hard enough as it is. You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning are who they are. They're possibly the best team in the National Hockey League. And there was a glaring stat about Vasilevsky coming off of a loss in the playoffs. Vasilevsky is 15-0 and 0 coming off of a loss in the playoffs. And if you think you're going to play like that against probably, actually not probably, he is the best goalie in the world right now and has been for two years. If you think you're going to play like that and win this hockey game, when you when that guy is 15-0 coming off of a loss, Moses just schedules your tea times now, Ryan. Yeah, when, when he's 16-0 and 0 now after tonight, yeah. like, it, it's incredible what this guy does out there. What's up, Gatesy? Hey. Yeah, it's, it, it's hilarious. Like, I mean, and again, yeah, give them their credit. They have played two really good hockey games in this series. But that, that Nylander video that everybody's tweeting about, and the general, really, the, like the game was over in the first 10 minutes. And and yep. that pocket of 10 minutes, their start, um, is what hangs over them and is the reputation that they're trying to shake. And it remains their reputation. Like Lee fans are trying to 
like, and I understand you want to believe in your team, like trying to justify this and that all, oh, well, it's the lightning and it's this and that. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like this team is so beyond having any legitimate excuses for the failures that dog them in the playoffs that I just like, don't have the patience for it. I don't want to listen. Like it, it's, you had them on the ropes at two one and come back in. And that's how you start. After what we saw you do in game three, you start game four like that? Like, fine, if you're going to have a lull in the game, everyone does, where you're just not very good for 10 minutes. The start is like that? Let's, let's like, break it down. Like, the three, Stamkos a minute in, all, all of the defensemen are puck watching. Everybody no. is looking at the puck and you see it at the top of the play. Headman pinches in on the far wall. And so Stamkos backs up and interchanges with him. Headman gets the puck first because of course he does. He swings it around the net and Stamkos floats up backwards from the top of the circle, the OV spot, and mm-hmm. right up to the top of the blue line. No one follows him. Mikheyev loses him and just follows Hedman around the net. And so Stamkos goes, I've got I got six or seven anchors to just unleash a one-timer. And he backs up, and as soon as the puck comes around the net and he gets the pass from Kucherov, nobody's looking at Stamkos till the puck is already by Jack Campbell. Brutal. Then the Belmar one, I, I have the craziest stat ever. Their fourth line walked Toronto like dogs today. Colton, or pardon me, Belmar, uh, Maroon, and Perry all scored. It's the second time this year that all three of those guys have scored in a game. You know what the last time was? Early November. Jesus. All three guys on Tampa's fourth line scored in this game. Toronto pays three guys over $10 million, two of them make 11. And I'm not trying to make this fourth line, those guys, an indictment of their skills and the money they earn. You can't have all four guys on the fourth line score against you in a game that you came into leading 2-1. Come come on. What's happening here? And the third goal might have been the worst one. I mean, everybody's looking around. Nobody has a clue where their guy is. Like Sheldon, I feel bad for Sheldon Keith. Somebody's going to have to get him Rogaine to keep his hair from falling out because he was irate. And like, you can only scream so much, right? Like yep. by the end of the second period, it's like, what are we, you know, what are we even doing? Like everyone on the bench was just dead. And I don't care that they scored a couple goals. It was garbage time. And then Tampa just completely laced them when they pulled a guy out. Like that, that was as lackluster a performance as you're going to get from a team that's supposed to go places. I, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Carson, you know, you're just hopping in here a little late. Uh, obviously we're talking about the shellacking that the Toronto Maple Leafs just received at the hands of the, of the Tampa Bay lightning. And just, 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 you know, that's a team that doesn't that, that, that just did not look like they they wanted to play hockey tonight. I, like you know, like I mean, I'm assume and I'm assuming too that like I, I mean, I just going into Toronto, man, with a, with, with a two to one lead, 
you know, or, or you know, in, in Tampa tonight and going into Toronto for game, uh, what would be game five, have you know, ha- potentially having a three to one lead, being able to close it out in front of your fans, you think that you would come in with so much more energy, and they were just flat, Carson, absolutely yeah. flat. You would think maybe spin zone this. They saw the three one last year against Montreal. Didn't want to deal with that again. <laughs> we'll take a two two against Tampa, but. You would think it's such a pivotal game to put the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs on the ropes. And really, a team hasn't been able to do that in the past two seasons since Columbus swept them in the first round. It's like, and they just they just fell asleep. And you can't, for a team that's supposed to go on a run and be the, like, this is their year, it's 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 really bad to see if you're, you're a Toronto fan. You but, can't blow you can't blow a 3-1 lead if you never had a 3-1 lead. Eh? That's wise words. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? The Eddie Murphy gif, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Losing the game seven if you don't even go to one. So it's true. Yeah. Um, and, and Carson, again, you hopped in late. Did you see the uh, the lander hole up on that puck in the in, in the corner? No, g- give me thirty seconds. I'll take a peek. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's bad, man. He is gonna get absolutely nailed across tomorrow in Toronto media for that. And granted, like that's not what cost in the game. But again, it, it's just it was terrible. well, but it but it is though. But oh yes, but it's a, it's just a, 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 a sign. that play. Oh, I know what you're play. saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gatesy sees it. Yeah, like it it's that so that image that video specifically didn't cost them the game, but that is what cost them the game. Is that they did not want to come out and match Tampa's intensity level and. They just wanted all the fun stuff to happen. They did not want to do the, I got to run through the wall and physically sacrifice. I don't want to get hit. It's five, nothing. I don't want to get hit. Like that says, that says a lot about your mentality and your willingness and your battle level. And like, you know, the guys on the bet, like they, they're watching where the puck is. Like they see that and they, and like, that's one of your best players on the team. And he's, He's pulling out because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go to work. Yeah. Not tonight. It's he, five nothing. I don't want to. We're we're one of the most explosive offensive teams that could easily, if we felt like it, score a bunch of goals and make this interesting. Nah, I don't want to do it. Not tonight, coach. Yeah. And you think like one of their top guys? Like this is someone a lot of the guys look up to, and you, you pull that shit. It's like, why am I going to put in this work now? If, if this guy's making how much money? And he's he's pulling that. He, yeah, he like making six, seven, which like, you know, based on his production sure is, is a good contract. It's just like, what are you getting outside of it though? Cause like hockey isn't just about points. You do have to compete and stop the other team and make an effort in stopping the other team scoring that many against you. And, you know, I, I think he's a good hockey player. I think the kid's talented. I thought his dad was talented too. And I couldn't stand him for the exact same reasons, um, I, I want a petition to have this guy's nickname changed. Honestly, they call him Willie styles. I want to call him Willie styles with no substance. Like it, it's, there is no yeah. substance and yeah, that's harsh. And yeah, I recognize too. He was probably their best player in the playoffs last year. That's, but that's kind of morphed into what this year is now. It's the exact opposite. The Leafs aren't getting enough from some of the other guys in the lineup. And in the games that they've won, they've gotten contributions from the big guys and like David camp there, there is so much dead weight on the Toronto roster right now. That's not doing enough. 
John Tavares, and he had a comment after the game that he knows he can be better and he expects to be better. So, so be better. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like I, the the goofy and like the Leaf fans just aren't having this stuff. The goofiness. I, I swear to God, like the CN Tower might fall over if one of the players and I haven't looked yet said, "Oh well, we just didn't start on time. We didn't like that. Like that. You can't say that stuff anymore, man. Like we didn't start no. on time. Like." Like you're playing the defending Stanley Cup champions, like start on time, maybe. And like you all got paid, many of you very handsomely this year. Maybe show up to class on time and write the test like everybody else. You couldn't say anything better than that, man. Like, it, it's it, it's so brutal. Yeah, we don't show up to work on time. We're out of a job. They don't show up to work on time. They get you know start in game five. So it's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and you know it's bizarre for sure. It is, and it just like I said, forty million tied up in those four guys. I think forty plus, like you said, just so much money tied up in four guys. And I mean, I, I forget somebody, somebody. It was a tweet I saw earlier this week that only one player has. There's only been one player in um in league history to have won a Stanley Cup who made ten million, twenty ten ten million or more dollars. I forget who it was. It was it. Oh God, maybe it was Vasilevsky. I don't, I don't know. Only one time has a team had a player that has made like ten million or more dollars a, a season. And uh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure before. I'm sure when guy like before the cap when guys were making yeah. tons of money. I'm sure yeah. that somebody probably put Mike. No, nah, it wouldn't have been Bobby Holik because he got paid that after the Carey Price. It was Carey Price. Austin has come in. Or no, no, have have made it to the finals. Not even won a cup. Has made it to the finals. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah Carey. Yeah, Carey Price. Ten, does he make 10-5? $10 million. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. And, and you know, that was like a Cinderella run, too. And, like, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. But, it, yeah, I, you know. It just kind of shows. But it just kind of shows, like, you need to really delegate your entire salary cap to the entire your team. You know what I mean? Like you need to have four lines that are rolling at all times. You just can't pay four guys, $40 million, which is shit. What? 45% of the cap. Like, and expect that to get you the distance. Yeah. yeah. It reminds you know me what? Uh, Greg Ballack was hanging on the, uh, we had that podcast before uh, playoffs started about like, uh, goals per 60 and how like teams like New York might struggle if their their goalie has an off day. This is like Toronto, like your top four guys that are making so much money aren't there that night. You're, you're going to get the shit kicked out of you. And I mean, that's what happened tonight. And for this team to go on that run, they need these guys to show up every single night because this is what's gotten them this far for an 82 game season. Like you can get away with a couple of well games here and there. Like Buffalo had their way with them throughout the season. And, you know, we got seven games against, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, they need to be there every game. Like, there's no excuses now. No, none whatsoever. Like, yeah, none you, whatsoever. You have to show up and, and do something, especially when you make that kind of money. And it, it's an unfortunate thing because, yeah, like, it's so easy to point out their salary structure when they lose, when they yeah. win. Like, yeah, and, and, and that's the big difference, right? Like, if they are actually able to pull this off and mm-hmm. go on a run and, God forbid, you know, potentially win a Stanley Cup, then all of it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter that you made this much money and you didn't perform at times or whatever over the life of the contract. It doesn't matter because you won. 
So yeah. like it, that all goes out the window, but right now the window is shutting on their fingers right now. And it's because they have so many guys that just aren't able to give you what the money says they're supposed to be on a nightly basis. Mitch Marner is an incredibly talented player. I'm not afraid to go into the corner with him. And it's not because I expect him to run people over. I'm not afraid generally that he's going to get to a puck first, outwork me for it, and make something magical happen like he can. I'm generally not afraid of that. If he's in open ice on an odd man rush, yeah, I'm pretty scared of what Mitch Marner's going to do. I'm not afraid to go into the corner with him. I'm not afraid to go into the corner with Nylander. Nylander's afraid to go in the corner with Nylander. Yep. Like the, and, and John Tavares, like, again, man, I, if, again, if they win, it doesn't really matter, but holy, like that contract is going to start looking not great. And I think it looks not great now. And again, I'm not trying to dance on this guy's grave. And they they played bad, so let's just you know be bad as yeah. Here, here's see that right there. There's the play Jesus. right there. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. What to, it's, it's funny because so like like that's Chernak there, I believe, and and he looks like almost surprised. He's like, oh, you're not coming? Oh, okay. And he just takes it. It's just it's so pathetic. I want I want to watch him from start. Keith well, just, you see that? He has a clear day beat. And just like, stop striding at the top of the looking, circle. He's like, he's like, are you going to go get it, man? Like, you're, you're up one here. Like, you're like, and just, and look, see him look, see him look, and see him coming. He's like, oh, no. I just, it's unbelievable. crazy, man. And they got three more years of Tavares still, right? Absolutely unbelievable. I just look at yeah, well, yeah, three or four more years. Or, yeah, maybe three because, yeah. yeah, they could only sign him to seven. 24, 25 is his last year under contract. Like, again, and I'm not – it's easy to do because they lost and he's been legitimately terrible. Um, And, again, people will defend – my point is, is, like, I like John Tavares. Would I want him on my team – just generally salary aside yeah like he's a really likable guy he does work hard like i like i can't say he doesn't work hard it's just his hard work that the the level that he's able to get to because of his limitations with his skating and just aging is it's not going well for him like People, the over-optimists are acting like this guy's going to be a 75 or 80-point player all the way down the line. Like, not everybody ages like Crosby and Ovechkin, and he's not those guys. Like, to say John Tavares, like, people always say to me, and when they signed him, to be perfectly frank, I said it was a bad deal. I, Kadri had to go, okay, fine, I'd rather have him honestly, than, than what's left of Tavares for 11. Because 11, like, it's just such an extreme number. Mm-hmm. Like, for 11, like, when you're making that type of money, I expect, like, 90, 100, maybe even plus points, a lot of goals, and for you to legitimately be one of the best players in the league. I don't <laughs> think he is. I think he's, like, a shade below people try and tell me he's elite. I'm like elite at what? 
Yeah. Like being a teammate, that's not anything. Darren Helm is a good teammate. Ryan McCarty was a good uh, was a good teammate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like that's not worth eleven million dollars to me. And that's what I'm trying to say is the problem. It's not that John Tavares isn't worth having around. It's just that for eleven million dollars, I expect like some insanely high end shit. And I don't care what your face off numbers are, and I don't care that you work hard. Eleven million is a lot of money. And I expect high end production for that. And he's yeah. not able to, to consistently do that. Like he his first year in Toronto I was don't know. only year really producing at like an elite level. He had 47 goals, and that's yeah. great. That's it. Yeah. Like he won okay, eleven million dollars. Unbelievable to me. Like mm-hmm. I understand that it was a free agency situation and other people were offering him more. Good, let him go to San Jose for 13 right fine fine then the imagine what your blue line would look like justin hall was i mean keith had that fart of a comment the other day where he's like well we got to take Liljegren out because he's making he's making rookie mistakes a lot and i don't know that he's handled it that well i'm like i'd rather have Liljegren in than this tool what right. is justin hall doing out there oh so Liljegren's got to come out of the line because he's making rookie mistakes what the hell are this guy's mistakes yeah like way too late to clue in veteran mistakes like that's not what you want and by the way Liljegren's a better skater than him like you look you look up and down imagine what you could do with that defense 11 million dollars man john tavares and for the people that are trying to tell me all the time that John, oh, John Tavares is elite. He's elite. He's elite. Oh, he's the best number two center in the league. Yeah, I guess he better damn well be for $11 million because there are better second line centers that make six. Like $11 million. Yeah. Never won an Art Ross. Came close that one year. Remember that really low scoring year? And Jamie Ben had like four points on the last game of the season to pass him. And Ben won the Art Ross with like 87 points. And Tavares had 85. So, but close, no cigar. Never won a scoring title. Never won a Rocket Richard. Never won a Hart Trophy. One playoff series win. That's more of a team thing, but even still. Oh, he's so elite. He's such an elite defensive center. Never won a Selkie. I don't think he's ever even been nominated no, to, win, I, I, to win a Selkie. Has he ever been a finalist for the Selkie? I, I don't, don't think he so. has. Elite, elite though. You know what it was? People love about him in Toronto. He wore, he wore a set of Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs pajamas. It's not a tweet oh, how excited he was. And I get it. Like, I get like, it, man. I, and like, yes, it's great that there are guys that want to be on the team that are from Ontario and care about the team. I, I, yes. Michael Bunting is a rock star there. And, and mm-hmm. for good reason. And and Tavares, like, man, um, I don't know. Like, again, like, because I like him as a player. Like, it. You know, the, there's lots to like about his game. I'm not trying to crap on the guy. It's just that 11 million, man. It's a lot of money to be paying. And, he, and he's cap. not producing. Like, he's yeah, not it, doing anything. So I feel like it's valid. Like, if he had five points in four games, I'd be like, oh, well, yeah. It's, I, I don't know, man. That's a problem. And, like, if you lose this year, too, that's just another year later into that deal. Like, yeah, Matthews got a Selkie vote last year, and Tavares did not. So I think that's has all I, all I need to say is Matthews <sighs> is considered more the defensive forward. 
And he, and he is, and he's better. Yeah. He, he is better. He Matthews uh, unquestionably an elite player in the league, top five, probably top three to be honest right now. And and his play this year warranted that. And and to be to be fair on the subject of him, I I graded him before you jumped on Gatesy. I ga- I graded him a C plus tonight. I I thought that was about as good as I could say for him because he generated a couple chances in the second. But other than that, he was pretty uninvolved. And yeah. uh, but overall, I think he's been good this series. Like I, I think he's mm-hmm. been pretty good. Um, and I'm not going to step into the realm of saying he's not earning it or anything like that. It's just and and you know and Tavares too to finish off on him. Like, you sure you want to his... off on him? Because we, we can go because I, I I can I can go on why that's a terrible contract all night. Oh, I know, I know, and and I I've pointed out why, and yeah, it, it's a valid conversation, Ev, because I I understand like having him on the team, and yeah, you got to support him, and and Leaf fans love him, and they should. He's your captain, and everything. It's just such a restrictive contract for what he actually is, um, which is not elite. Like I don't want to hear that, man. No, like not elite, no. oh, he scored forty seven goals one year, not elite. I'm just like ah, yeah. Ovechkin wipes his, you know, handkerchief with that. Yep. 47. Oh, 47 goals. Congratulations. That's <laughs> neat. I've never seen that before. Elite. Yeah, the Elite highest I have him right now is eighth in uh, in voting. And that was like in 20, 2017. And other than that, he hasn't even been close for Selkie. Yeah, great. I just, I just, I don't, I, I don't see, I mean, Everyone talks about like you know who's gonna, who's going to be the one chip to fall out of Toronto when they inevitably lose uh, in the first round this year, and you know if I'm pointing the fingers, it's it should be Tavares. It should be Tavares because you're not going to move the needle with this guy. You're not if if there was ever a time to put this the C on Matthews, I think it's next year. Put the C on him and let him have the team and send Tavares packing and get as much as you can for him. Well, it's not going to be Tavares that goes. I'll tell you yeah. that right now because he's got a no move clause. Um, so he he he's like that's the thing. He's not going anywhere, and it's not going to be Matthews either. No, has Martyr been bad this this series? No, he's been oh. way way better than previous playoff years so far. And then you're left with Nylander. So it's it's a it's a real conundrum because Nylander, based on the production he will put up in the regular season, is good value for that contract he's on. And then Marner almost got a hundred points this year, and yes, he makes too much money as well. Like I mean, honestly, it's embarrassing to me that he makes more money on the cap than Nikita Kucherov. It's wild to me even oh even Ovechkin how the hell is Mitch Marner getting paid more than Ovechkin who's a 36 year old monster that just had 90 points you yeah like the audacity of it Nikita and people are like oh Nikita Kucherov well he hasn't really done much yeah because he's been hurt 127 point heart trophy season hello I know you want more than him oh hmm that's interesting. I and again, when they lose, it's super easy to do this and go, look how much this guy makes. Look how look how much this guy makes. Like it's valid though. You're getting paid and you're not succeeding. Like, yeah. what else do you expect people to bring up? 
You suck. Like you're you lose all the time. They do this all the time. I don't even know why I'm upset. I don't even know why I'm upset. I'm not even a fan. It's just so (laughs) frustrating to me. Uh, This is the year we've learned lessons. You know, we've learned so many lessons. It's like I'll like school's still in session. I haven't heard the bell yet. Like I, I can't believe it. Like. I can't believe that that's how they came out and played in a game four when they literally have no success to fall back on. They had nothing but good things to feel after three games of this series. And that's the way they came out and played. It is like borderline indictable. I just, I I can't believe it. I, uh, you know, and just transitioning away from that because, you know, you know, before you hopped on Gatesy, I, I I questioned whether or not we could see a probably a worse game played in this first round than what we saw from Florida the other day against the Capitals or yesterday against the Capitals. He just came out completely flat uh, after a quick start um, and then losing six to one uh, to Samson uh, off making his uh, NHL playoff debut, <clears throat> and then just you know you go from that to this with the with the Leafs. It's just like. Jesus Christ, man, like that, that loss came and hold a candle to what the Leafs just did on the ice tonight. But to transition away from uh, from that, we had a couple other games in the slate tonight or today earlier, uh, a couple of uh, Matt, a couple matinee games, the Minnesota Wild, the St. Louis Blues. And then, of course, um, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still dealing with some of the after effects of COVID and just have yeah. not gone away yet. Um, excuse me, but the uh, Carolina Hurricanes and the uh, the Boston Bruins, Bruins taking a five two victory uh, over the Carolina Hurricanes, tying that series up because they were looking they were looking to be in a bad way uh, heading. Uh, are they heading back to Boston now? No, it's back to no, Carolina back to for Carolina. Game five. Carolina. Which I mean, if you were gonna be down three games to one going into Carolina, uh, you might as well just call it a day because yeah. you know, that, that as as we've seen over the last couple of years, that fan base can get rowdy, and especially in the playoffs, the whole storm surge, storm I surge, the storm surge. Yeah, I mean, I'd actually like to be, I'd actually like to, to to be in person for some, that one day just to see what that's like. I hear it's actually pretty cool. And then the uh, St. Louis Blues getting a much needed victory over the Minnesota or the Minnesota Wild. Uh, sending that game again, I think, is that going back to St. Louis? That's back yeah. to Minnesota. Minnesota, wow, I'm yeah. for 2. Oh, for 2. Not a big deal. That as well. Yeah, not a big deal. But, uh, but Bennington, yeah, Bennington getting a big win. Uh, I believe he has lost before today, he lost his last nine playoff starts. That's not, not good. very good. Uh, and for me, it, it, I'm kind of torn as a Sabres fan because it's like. I really, really just want Minnesota to boat race uh, the St. Louis Blues. I don't like Bennington. I'm still sour over the Ryan O'Reilly thing, even though Tage Thompson makes it a little bit better and more stomachal. But at the same time, um, you know, I want Bennington to play well just because Billy Huso is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. And I really hope St. Louis is dumb enough to think that Bennington is still the guy and they let Huso go in free agency because that's a guy I want to see in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, Huso just kind of put in a tough position in these playoff games, and the way that St. Louis played tonight was totally different than 
their previous previous couple outings. And I mean, Bington did what he had to do for the team to win, but St. Louis just firing all cylinders tonight. It was, yep. it, it was, didn't matter who was in that. Could have been you, Dwayne. They're still walking yeah. over the win. It was, it was, it was, it was tough. It, <laughs> I mean, both, both games, man, uh, just tough to watch. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you were a Carolina Hurricanes fan or a Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Wild fan, uh, both very tough. Cause I thought for sure that both those teams were going to, we're going to take it and take the series lead heading back home. So I, uh, I was a little surprised with some of the results from today's games. Um, I thought that Toronto and Tampa were a little bit closer. I didn't think it would be an absolute blowout uh, the way it was. I did think Tampa was going to win. I'm in a couple of group chats with some friends and they're all like, you know, that have bets on the line and just like, you know, should we worry about Florida? Should we worry about Tampa? I'm like, honestly, no, I, I I'm really not worried about either of those teams. I think those teams are built for the playoffs. I think the only thing I would worry about Florida is if Bobrovsky can hold it together for an entire playoff series. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the one kind of ace that the caps have up their sleeve is that, you know, the caps goalies aren't very good. And Samsonov after a soft first goal on Saturday, like was letter perfect after that legitimately I turned to my girlfriend and was like, that's the best NHL game he's ever played. He was so, so good. Um, Great timing. Well, yeah. Like if he actually can do that a little bit more often and just give the caps like a bit better than a league average goalie, which we know he has the ceiling and ability to do. It's just, can he put it all together between his ears he can do that a couple more times caps are winning this series mm-hmm. because Bobrovsky he doesn't have any great playoff success really to lean back on he's not you know been not since that sweep when he was at Columbus yeah he, uh, you know I mean he hasn't really any he, in that second round too he he really shit the bed I yeah, he was uh, bad he was really really bad you know and like Ovechkin problem. scores on him yeah like he he scores on him yeah, Bob doesn't stand a chance. Him, it, him, and Kuznetsov love scoring on Bobrovsky. Right. I don't know what it is. If they just have a beef from the national team or something, I don't know. But they score on him. And and let's let's not forget either. Again, I I did not give my Caps a lot of hope simply because of the goaltending. When they're at the top of their game and they're playing pretty well and get a save or two, this team can still bang. Like they can still do some damage, man. Tom Wilson <laughs> has barely played in this season. I would say never count out a team that has Alexander Ovechkin on it, whether he's 21 or he's 40. Which isn't that strange to say now? Yeah. No one was saying that five years ago. <laughs> Nobody was saying that. Yeah. And then he won. And so that's what the Leafs have got to do is, yep. is be able to have somebody say, don't count out Austin Matthews. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's funny how, isn't it amazing? Like winning just cures all, all yeah. the articles about go back to Russia. He's washed up. Cause he only scored 32, which is a career high for 89% of NHLers. You know, oh, his mom's too involved. He doesn't have an agent. He wants too much money. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, playoff warhorse, veteran, good leader. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's funny. I, I would just say, like, you know, yeah, Tom Wilson, if if he's healthy enough to go, 
there's a guy who's a spark plug for Washington. That's right. He, he didn't scores. Play. He didn't play. He didn't play yesterday, did he? He no. did not, and he's still a game time decision for game four. I doubt we see him with the caps up two one. Yeah, maybe game five or six. But yeah. like, you know, he scores a goal, Washington's first goal of the playoffs, and then gets hurt and is got like that guy is. People don't like to admit it because he hits guys too hard and he's big and strong and he does stupid stuff. Sometimes he is an X factor. He's yeah. that good. Like he's I an X factor for the caps. So, yeah. Oh, the playoffs. He's a monster. Look what he did to Tampa Bay yeah. in the conference finals for the caps. Like they, they don't win that cup without him. He's, Tom Rose is still going. he's almost like Brad Marchand. Me, not, not to his level, but like, you hate the play. Same type from, of hate. Oh, yeah. You love to have him on your team. And, like, Absolutely. There, I'm sorry, there isn't a single – there isn't 99% of fans outside of both fan bases. If we're told tomorrow they could have that guy on their team, they're all going to say yes. If both of those guys right now were free agents, <laughs> there would be lineups at the hotel. Yep. Yeah. All 30 teams would be there. All the and, all, and honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Caps fan. I honestly think the line would be longer for Wilson. Now, that's mostly because of age as well. His, his size, though, man. It, size. Yeah. He is, he is, he's the boogeyman. He's a specimen, man. He's an absolute specimen. He oh, wow. is the boogeyman. You Not gotta have your head on a, a swivel. swivel, man. And here. and I don't like like. And here's the thing, too, everyone. Oh, Ryan Reeves is the boogeyman. Ryan Reeves probably is the toughest guy on just pure fighting ability in the league. Tom Wilson's fought him three times. I love that there was that fun narrative in the Rangers thing that oh, Tom Wilson won't fight Ryan Reeves. He's fought him three times and he knocked him down the first time, and that was when he was a rookie. So yeah. calm down. The the reason Wilson is actually the boogeyman is because he plays four times as much as Reeves. Reeves, you got to have your head on a swivel for eight and a half minutes. Tom Wilson, you might have to have your head on a swivel for 21. Yep. He's the first line right winger. Oh, and then when he runs your best player through the end wall and then you come and slash him in the back of the leg and draw a power play, he'll go bar down on the power play too. How friggin' annoying is that? Honestly, if he was on another team, it would make me sick. It would make me sick playing against him. But he doesn't. He plays for my team, so. <laughs> right. Exactly. He got a cup out of it, too. But Marshawn, uh, holy shit, what a great player. Like, uh -huh. this guy has come from being a fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick. What a find for the Bruins. I mean, imagine they could have put together that 2015 first round, how good a shape they'd be. And even if they could have just got Barzal, uh, it's uh, God bless Zach Sinitian. He was a good OHLer. Um, it's, it's wild that he has turned into this. Like even on that cup team, he was like a, a third line, like bit piece that people went, wow, what a, what a decent little player. This Marshawn guy is. Where'd yeah. they find him? And then, like, you know, six, seven years later, he's like a superstar putting up 90 points. And it's, geez, yeah. like, all the credit to him. He is a little rat yeah. bastard, but, man, he's a good player. Not to transition over the Bruins, obviously, we all still the saw the uh, Tony D'Angelo take a big dump in his pants there at the end of the game on the empty net goal. 
just you love to see that, man. You really do. Like, right? Can't stand like, them. That's just that's just awesome. Let's, let's get this right in the beginning. That's just ah. that's fantastic. We had, and then you had this. Backwards. Where is it? Where? No, no. Where? Where was it? There was another thing too. Uh, oh, that's with D'Angelo, so where? Uh, as they're skating off the bench, Marchand's calling him a racist. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them had gotten a penalty here. To, or no, this was at the end of the period, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's like the end of the second period. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I, I wish we could have some volume on that. For you, just pretty much have to read his lips to hear it. I, 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 I think they might have cut the audio out of that video. I'm not yeah. sure. But, yeah, but you can read his lips. You know exactly what he's saying. Yeah, yeah just a guy I don't want anywhere near my organization. Is he a pretty good hockey player? Like, yeah. Like, he... like it, it would Yeah, like, it would be stupid to sit there and go, oh, like, he has no skill. He's literally not an, an NHL caliber player. Like, based on pure skill, yeah, like, he is. Like, he had a really good year for Carolina, too. Good numbers. Um. Yeah, it- He's his I don't know that enemy. I want him around. He's his own worst enemy, man. Like he just like he, he cannot shut up. Yeah, he just puts himself on his own little pedestal. He takes himself out of games. Like that's always been the knock on him outside of the political views. Like, and again, like again, I don't agree with his political views at all. But at the same time, like there's there's what you believe in personally, and that's what you do on the ice. You got to be able to separate both, right? Like you need to be able to, you know kind of like what we dealt with the bills with Cole Beasley uh, this past season with his, yeah. with his views on the back uh, on vaccines and whatnot. Like he was very, very vocal about it on social media and he took a lot of heat for it. He did. But mm-hmm. when he, when he, when he came, to, when he came to practice or when he came to play football, he played football. He played very well. He was able to separate the two. I don't think Tony D'Angelo has the ability or at least the maturity to be able to, you know, separate who he is off the ice and on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it's a valid point. And I, I was not full time covering the OHL yet when he was playing, but I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that were around and, uh, he got suspended. He, um, he is very much a woe is me type of guy. Yeah. Like, Oh, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, doesn't want to take responsibility for anything, you know, doesn't, didn't want, now this is back in the OHL, but like, didn't want to be shown video on what he did wrong. You know, I'm the best player type attitude. And like, based on just stories I've heard from other guys that are now playing with guys in the CIS that I know, like, no one liked him like bad teammate. Like that's like, you know, like Steve Dangle always jokes and says like, that's like the death knell in hockey. Like yeah. you could say, Oh, the bad player makes dumb decisions. Tom Wilson, per- perfect, perfect example does dumb stuff bad. you know, tries to hurt guys, whatever you want to say. No, nobody has a bad thing to say about him. J- Jack Campbell was like, oh, yeah, I met him at the All-Star game. Really good guy after he ran him over in that Toronto game a couple weeks ago. Like, oh, really good guy, though. 
Like, you know what I mean? That That's the difference. Like Tony D'Angelo is probably a better hockey player based on what he does on the ice and can do on the ice. I should say mm-hmm. than than Tom Wilson, maybe like I would rather have a guy that was a really great teammate that was going to, you know, go to war with me or whatever the old saying is, whatever analogy you want to use. Then this guy who's going to go on social media, make himself a distraction, comment on dumb, goofy political stuff and start a podcast. It's just like, okay, like, like right, that stuff for when your career is over with, man. Like no one's saying, nobody's saying that you can't have an opinion, man, but like, no, no, like, yeah, if you're gonna hop on the podcast, hop on two goalies, one mic, just let it all out for everyone yeah, to hear. Yeah, and, yeah. we can guys have podcasts them. too. Like, I mean, I'm not saying yeah. like I think it's interesting. Like, like Danny Green has that really good podcast oh, in yeah. the NBA. Like, it's really Dream really good. Too, yeah, mm-hmm. it's super good. Like, really really good podcast. And like he shows up and yeah. like Aaron Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee yeah. shows every week. Like, mm-hmm. You Plus know the boys with uh. Um, uh, two Titans players, and it's they they do great stuff. Yeah, it's that Taylor, Taylor Lewin, Lewin, and it was uh, oh my god, I can't remember who was on it with them, but yeah, Taylor, it, like terrible. funny guy, like good stuff. Like yeah. I I like speaking, it. Speaking of McAfee, they uh, he posted a video to his TikTok. I don't know if anybody saw this. Oh, something. TikTok. He uh, he had like one of those like mobile video cameras in like a looked like a big like warehouse type area. And he had a hockey net set up um, and he put us a, a, a computer chair in the middle of the hockey net with just enough room for maybe a little bit more than a soccer ball on the top right. Chad. And this guy, he must be, you know, a buck 50 feet away from the net. He goes wearing, wearing ripped up jeans, you know, not wearing cleats or anything. Just friends like those. I'm going top cheddar right there. Kick off the weekend. And just destroys this soccer ball. Doesn't touch the post. Doesn't touch the computers. Goes top right corner. Looks at the camera. Goes what? What, bro? Have a good weekend. It was unbelievable. I, dude, I love Pat McAfee. Everything he does, like it's his goal. Yeah, best punter of the decade. Incredible wrestler. Incredible on the mic. Like everything he does is a scold. Like, he's really great. I like Pat Fantastic. a lot. Yeah, he I I saw like recently there he had uh he had Bill Burr on his show for a couple minutes and it was really really entertaining. Yeah, that's fantastic. I uh way to do it. Everything he does dude, personalities and I'm all for those guys like getting on a getting getting on a podcast and like sharing their views. No, but do your that. job. But do yeah. your job. Yeah. That's like, what that's what we're saying. Like just do do your job. Like Danny Green won an NBA title. You know, like, and I'm not saying it's all on you, but it's just those things stick out more when you're such a distraction and you cause all these rifts on basically every roster you've ever been on. It's coming in Carolina. He's going to snap and do do something. To, that's what happened in New York. Like, guys were willing to put up with it. Like, he was putting points up. And then he snapped on Gorgiev and blamed him for a loss in overtime when he blew a check on the wall. Yeah, and he's like screaming at his goalie. Oh, get bent, you moron! Yeah. How dare you come off the ice and scream at your goalie? He made thirty six saves that night. Shut up! Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just like fine. Have a podcast and whatever, and yeah. drive fancy cars and be an idiot on social media. Whatever, fine. 
Randy Moss was a complete jackass his entire career. The guy broke the touchdown record. Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Like, show up and be a guy and just be a teammate, man. Uh, here we uh, go. Dwayne, I don't Dwayne's know been digging this, this Dwayne's been digging for it. I, I don't know if you guys can see this. Uh, yeah, I, I can gonna, see I, it, yeah. I, I'm going to try and... Okay, so yeah, it's a decent option. piece away. Yeah. He's at least 100 feet away, I'd say. Maybe a little less than that. Is it is it big enough? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got, you can get the idea. You barely even see the hole it's going to go in. It's is so hilarious, man. I love Pat McAfee. He's really funny, man. Have you ever seen that video of him doing punts and he's putting them in garbage cans? Yep. It's so outrageous. Oh, my God. <laughs> dude, it's unbelievable, dude. And I do that. I'm all for all four athletes just like expressing themselves a thousand percent. Yeah. But well, like, he, you got to be able to separate that personality from what you do on the ice or on the field. And yeah. like I said, Tony D'Angelo just isn't that guy, man. He just not. He can't. Yeah. He can't leave it. You know, leave it on the ice or you know, not bring I, it with him on the ice. I got a great example of that, and it'll. It's gonna bug you. And I'm glad that it will. Tom Brady, man. Yeah. Like the what? perfect example. Tom Brady and the owner of the <laughs> Patriots were like real good, like Donald Trump friends. Guaranteed they voted for him for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they were like good, like personal friends, like hung out at events together and, and the what not like barely anybody talks about that is it and i love tom brady he's like one of my heroes is that is it my favorite thing in the world that he's a big trump guy not really and i wouldn't broach it in conversation with him if i ever talked to him for some reason i'd ask him about that martini dip he did with the with the super bowl trophy throwing it from boat to boat what was that like, Tom? And why oh, do you eat God. avocado ice cream? For God's sake, man, dig I into a chip. Did you, you see deserve them taking him? Did you did you did, did you see one after that the whole thing? Did you see oh, them yeah, like man. escorting him away and how lock him off, man? Get dude, this guy on the golf cool. cart immediately. He was in one, dude. He was he was and good. Dead. He should have been. <sighs> but like he, but there's my point. He's yeah. mixed up in this whole you know, all the Trump thing. He golfs at his golf course all the time. And like, no one talks about it in sports really. C Cause he wins. He mm -hmm. shows up and just wins. Yeah. And like with the answer, you, like, you know, it's going to come to a point where things are going to come off the rails and, and to win a cup, like things are going to, you're not going to have a 16 to no playoff run. You're going to get down. And if we're Carolina, if, if things start to hit the fan here, it's, I want to wonder why it happens. That could be a big reason. Like, you need everyone to be bought in and be rowing the boat the same direction. And Dude, uh, one can can be done. Update on score: yeah. LA up two nothing. That's absurd. Shots are twenty four thirteen in favor of LA. So I mean, if that game ends the wait, if that game ends with an LA win, that means all the all the games today in the NHL that were two one are gonna head back or I'll I'll tie it up at two. So. It's pretty wild. No, I, I saw I saw a text. Same thing will go for the NBA too. Uh, all yeah. all the games, all the series that were two games to one, ended up tied today at two two on Mother's Day. 
Uh, Matthew Barnaby Day in my book. Matthew Barnaby Day, only guy to ever score a hat trick for his mom on Mother's Day. Pretty positive that still stands today, 1998. Yeah, it's interesting, eh? Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Yeah. If you watch the video, if you watch the video, um, it it was it really was like a really cool moment for Barney because like his mom, like his mom couldn't believe it. Like his mom, like oh I know, and rightfully so. You know how often does her son score? But like it was, it was just like for 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 her, it was just like oh my god, like oh my god, it, unbelievable. Would he be the most annoying player in NHL history? And I don't mean him personally because I actually think he's pretty funny. But uh, like just on the ice. He'd he'd be top three for me, like just an absolute nuisance idiot that like you could not stand. Like guys hated him, like would not shut up. And like, hey, he he, good. That's that was his shtick. But God Almighty, was he him and like Darcy Tucker were shot. God, like, and again, if they were on your team, you were having it, but. Holy cow! Just annoying. Oh yeah. man! I want to see? I, I got the I got the tweet pulled up here. I tweeted it out earlier. The video of his. Uh, it was yeah. a nice nifty empty net goal for his from for like for his standards like back in the day. Let's see if I can pull it up here, but um, just uh, always one of one, like a feather in the cap, I guess, of, of Barney is uh, him scoring that goal. Here it is, real quick. Oh, for up. sure. You know. Uh, just a cool moment because he pointed up to his mom. His mom was just like, "What just happened? Yeah. This is insane." Yeah. Tavares can't say that. He's never scored a nope. hat trick on Mother's nope. Day. Nope. No, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> it always right has to come back to him. <laughs> That's hilarious that he did the Mayday run too. Your little boy and a Sabres are gonna take a two game lead to Montreal. And the hats start coming down. There's the son of the mother so back again. She can't believe it. Timing is everything. <laughs> what a day for her to be here in this moment. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Well, I don't know if you're a Sabre fan or a Canadian fan or whatever, but when you look at this picture, on this particular day, isn't this something? Three goals from my boy. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad at all, right? And he got him one, two, three. Bob oh, Cole yes. on the call, too, yeah, man. That brings all. back memories. Bob Cole was the best. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's no Rick Jenner up, but he did did do a very good job on that call for sure. Don't tell people in Canada that. Uh, he, yeah, hey, Jenner up's Canadian. I know he is. He, uh, very, just very different broadcasters. Obviously, just yeah. Bob Cole, like Bob Cole, he was the voice of Hockey Night in Canada my entire life. Like every big game in Canada on Hockey Night, like, bought, like Cole was calling it, man, and like. The great, the best thing, man, we're losing so many legendary broadcasters. It's like such a changing of the guard. It's weird. Like Bob Cole, like the best Bob Cole call was because there's like 20 great Rick Jennerette calls. He's my favorite. But Bob, the O2 Olympics, it had been 50 years since Canada won a gold medal for some reason. 
And uh, when Joe Sackick scored, I think to make it four two over the U.S. Sorry, and uh, and that like sealed it. That his called the Geo Sackick. That's like iconic Canadian TV. Yeah. They should make yeah. a heritage minute of that. Because yeah, Bob Heat man, if there was a big game, you wanted him on the call for sure. Just something oh, about yeah. announcers, like they they make or break the game. Like oh, they do. And like they every really game you do. think of, like any iconic goal, like especially like Sabres fans, like Rick Jenner's voice, like goes with these goals. Like look at like Brad May, like no, like I would, I wouldn't have no idea about that goal unless Brett, Rick Jenner made Brad May. May says, everybody, man. everybody calls him Mayday now just because of that one moment. You know what I mean? Like he goes, I, absolutely. Brad May said at my funeral, people are going to be re- talking about Rick Jenner. You know absolutely. I mean? Like, like, like you know what I mean? Like it's, it, that's how iconic these guys and how they build these moments and how they tell these, how, how they tell the stories uh, from each of these individual games and each these, each individual moments. I mean, they're so important integral to the game. It, it's, you know, there, there's never going to be another Rick Jenner out here in Buffalo. No way. Dan Dunleavy's great. He does a phenomenal job, but there's no way he will ever fill the shoes of Rick Jenner. It's yeah. not possible. Yeah. It's so hard to like step into those moments. Right. Cause like you basically just have to, be yourself and not try and think too much like, Oh, I'm replacing Rick Jenner at like, it's an, it's an insane thing. Right. Like, and, and RJ just, yeah, he, he was Buffalo hockey, man. Like I, I like, I'm not even a Sabres fan, but I used to watch their games all the time. Of course, because cousin Chris was the captain. And like, he said the same thing. Like, he's like my favorite goal I ever scored. Like this guy who won a Stanley cup, like cousin Chris, you know, as a rookie, won a cup with Colorado. Like, guy won a Stanley Cup, and he's mm-hmm. like, man, my favorite goal ever was that overtime winner against the Rangers, where RJ was just screaming, "Chris, Drury! like it's the it. best, man!" I was watching that like in tears. I was so happy, like I was like, "Oh I my think, god, that's the best call ever!" I actually think that was the game tying goal, and I think Max Mathanaganov had it in overtime. Right, right. Yeah, you might be right. He scored with like less than a second left to yeah. tie the game at one. It was just one so nothing. good. Yeah. Such a great call. Yeah, and like, he Never had all those great sayings for like every player, too. Like, McGillney had the vapor trail. The vapor trail. Yep. La 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 Fontaine. Hasek, we're not worthy. Like, not the, worthy. one of my favorite ones was when he, like, when Palmonville would score. The population of Palmonville. It's so good, man. Like it's such a great said, call. They they said like people always ask me like, you know, you you know, how do I think about think about think up of these things ahead of time? He goes, he goes, do you really think I think of think of these things ahead of time? Like, Brad May hadn't scored in like thirty games. You think I, I just yeah. had that one teed up, ready to go? No, it's you just, don't think of stuff before. No, no, it, it just happens. That's why he's so good. Everything's just natural, like nothing's for us it's it's just magical like yeah. everything you said Anyways, we yeah. got uh obviously we mentioned before la is up still two nothing on the edmonton oilers looking to tie that series uh series back up going uh, i believe they'd be going back to edmonton yep and, yes yep. um all right one for t- one one for three all right. yeah no you nailed um, it man again blues Rufus. over the wild what do the wild have to do going back to Minnesota to get back in this series. Because again, I'm assuming with that win, they'd go right back to Bennington. I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? He played well. I'll get handed to him. He played well. He, he, you know, he, he looked common, not, um, 
again, we've had this discussion before up and instant. Sometimes he can be his own worst enemy. Takes himself mentally out of games. He's like kind of a mental midget, so to speak. I hate saying that word, but it's true. That's what he is. Um, but he played very well today, so I'm assuming they'll go right back to him uh, in Game Five in uh, in Minnesota. Um, what does Minnesota have to do to get right back in the series? That just the intensity. Like today's game, they they kind of found. I feel like most games, this teams found themselves down early, and Minnesota just kind of. They weren't able to get back on. Like shots were being the game were like ten to ten to two or something. like just an yeah. absurd number like that. And like that own goal by I think Felino didn't help them. And in the playoffs, when you're down a couple goals, something like that's really gonna take the air out of the tires. And they just gotta get back and that's for sure. You gotta find what gave them success early in the series. And I think they, going back home too, it's it's easier to find that get that momentum. Yeah, I agree. I think that they just need to be way, way better along the wall. They uh, they were dominant on the forecheck in particular along the boards. They were really, really creating a lot of problems coming off the half wall. And when you're able to kind of dig a puck free and, <laughs> and be in that kind of mid zone where you can bump the puck out quickly to a guy like Kaprizov in space or any of those other guys that they have that are big chuggers going to the net, like Greenway and Felino, when you can kind of bump the puck free and even get it back to the D, who can actually move really well back there. Brodeen and Dumba are really, really solid when they're able to jump down into the rush. I think that that was one aspect of their game today that really got away from them. They were not nearly as good on the wall, and St. Louis was. Yeah, and St. Louis, you know, I mean, I love guys like Greenway and some of their, their, their the guys, some of the other guys that play in their bottom six that play a little bit heavier game. But I think St. Louis just really outplayed them physically today, for sure. Just you know, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was yeah. very prevalent, and the biggest reason, in my opinion, they won. Yeah, a hundred percent. I totally agree. Yeah, uh, you know, the first round of the playoffs are always probably the most physical. Teams try and set the tone, really, you know, find an identity for themselves. And I would always say sometimes I'd say more often than not, the more physical team in the first round is probably the team that comes out on top. I think, you know, you kind of saw that uh, today with uh, Tampa and the Leafs. The Leafs just didn't want to ha- didn't have an answer for anything Tampa was throwing at them. And that's why guys like Patty Maroon are so important to these teams that have won the Tampa teams. And then back when he was with St. Louis, like those guys make such a difference in series like this. Like, even Ryan Reeves, man, when he's out there, like, you, you know, he's not going to do much for you on the score sheet, but you have to account for him when he's on the ice in a different way. And Ryan Reeves, you know, there was one play earlier uh, in that game yesterday, early on where he went in there first shift of the game. He was literally hitting everything that moved and he created two or three turnovers in the process of doing it. Yeah. And that's why, that's why he's there is, is to create that havoc and, you know, when you're playing against skilled teams like that, just to throw them off the rhythm and kind of get them thinking a little bit more on what they're going to do and uh, just take away that freedom of, you know, thinking that every time they get the puck, they're going to make a big play. <laughs> That's really big for, for teams like New York to kind of get Reeves in and, and do stuff like that. Yeah, I, I definitely – I couldn't agree more. Um so obviously, like with them going back home, I think that's obviously their biggest advantage. Just get back to that to, to that style of play that had them up two games to none, right? Like just you know, 
that heavy style of hockey. Just um, I, I'm a big Marcus Foligno guy, not just because he's from Buffalo, but because I just I love the brain of hockey he plays. He has a little bit of skill mixed in with a heavy with a heavy body. I, I just I'm a huge fan of guys like uh, Foligno and Greenway. Just you know, I w- when the rumors were going around about maybe Jack Eichel being going to Minnesota because. There was there was like a week there where Minnesota yeah. was the favorite to land Jack. Yeah, yeah. You know there was there was Greenway was one of the guys they uh, they mentioned coming back in that deal, and I was like, absolutely, get me Greenway in that deal because he would be a great fit on this team, and just love the style of play those two guys play. And I think you have to get back to that. Yeah, for I, sure. I can't imagine this the Sabers team without like Tuck and Krebs on it though. Like that just seems like a lifetime ago. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm so happy. With oh, that. it worked out. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. But like first... at that time when that was like the the big thing was the Minnesota Wild. I was like, you got to find a way to get me Greenway in that deal because he is such an important part of that team. This NHL year is a fever dream. Like so much stuff, crazy things happen that just don't seem real. Mm-hmm. We had, uh, obviously, again, we mentioned before, Bruins over the Hurricanes 5-2. That game's heading back to – series is heading back to Carolina. Again, um, I think same thing. You know, you're heading back to a loud arena in Carolina. You may not have the momentum, but I do think you have the better hockey team. Um, I don't know if – have we heard anything about Freddie Anderson getting back in the lineup? I haven't heard a peep about no, him. It's been quiet. Yeah, like at all. I I haven't seen anything on Twitter. Nothing. I haven't heard a peep about that guy. See if I can. I find remember heading into the first round, they were it was they sounded hopeful that he would be back by some point, some point in the first round. If not, yeah. I'm definitely the second round. Yeah, because I know I know like Ranta now, obviously with some injury concerns and having to constantly you know kind of turn back to Kochikov is. Mm tough against a veteran Bruins team that showed that, Hey, we, we still have some bite. We've still got some skill over here. David Posternock's still pretty good, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've still got the ability to lean on teams that don't, that aren't <coughs> able to execute moving the puck really quickly. Um, you know, I, I think that that's the thing that Carolina has got to get back to is they're a very skilled team. They're rough and tumble too. They got some guys out there that can bang and crash and make life kind of miserable for you. But they have got to they've got to move the puck quicker, get their D involved again and start moving pucks out a lot quicker out of their corners because if you get into a wall war with the Boston Bruins, oh they love that. That's their game. They're not a quick team. There's not a ton of speed available here. But if you want to get into leaning against each other on the wall, ah, oh, perfect, great. We'll do that all day long because it's all we can do. Is that Pasta, Bergeron, Marchand line the best line of hockey? I don't know if they still are, but like it looks they, like it today. They gotta be. The they gotta still be top five. Like remember last last year, they were like yeah. they were the best team. They they had a crazy stat. Where they went, I think it was 21 games without getting scored on at even strength. What? How is that even? I know. That's what I said. I remember, and I I seared it into my memory because I was driving listening to NHL Network Radio, and they said that, and that's exactly what Coolius said. He was like, 
hold on, repeat that? How is that even possible? But they had a stretch from late December into early February where they didn't get scored on on the ice at even strength. That's psychotic. It is, you know, and that's just a huge feather in the cat. Like, that line is like the perfect mixture of obviously of Patrice Bergeron, who's still a top five two way center in the league. You know, yeah. guy owned the Selkie Trophy for how long? And then you 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 have Brad Marchand, who has just elite uh, elite scoring ability. Uh, but also gets under your skin, plays a physical brand of hockey that not many guys that are skilled as him play. You Yo, know, whether, yep. whether you like it or not, it's true. And then you have Pasternak, who is just an absolute weapon. Uh, you know, with the with the puck, just his scoring ability is off the charts. Just use it. It's that lethal combination of so many different parts of the game all on one line. And then, like you said, just their their ability to play as a unit defensively in their own end. And really, like, like, just really, just hold things together in the D zone. Like, yeah, I just right now, in my opinion, that's probably the best line in the playoffs right now. It's hard to They're, argue. Marshan five points tonight. They're Bergeron really good. with three. Pasta with two. Like, just yeah. unbelievable performance tonight against against Anno Anti Ranta was a nut, but like, still, like, they just were unstoppable today. And they had Swayman in that today. I forgot about that. They went to Swayman. Do they go back to him in game five? Yeah. Ride yeah, the hot man. I think so yeah. too. Team's yeah. winning. Like, same with Bennington. Yeah. Doesn't matter who's in. Just got to keep him going. Also, rumors are Freddie could be back game five, but it's kind of a little speculation. They need they need him back. They really, really do. And Might give them a boost. Yeah. yeah. Especially morale. Plus, you get your guy back. Like, the locker room's going. Got a tied series at home. That would be huge. Yeah, I heard. I heard Freddie's a huge, a really good locker room guy too. Even back, yeah, he's popular everywhere he goes. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere he goes. Everybody. Yeah, I was. Him. I was. I was praying that uh, that it would be Carolina, Toronto in the first in the first rounds. So there'd be. A I chance. know you were. Yeah. So there'd be a chance that Freddie Anderson was the guy that you know you know put put them to bed in the first round. How poetic that could have been. Oh, yeah. it could have been a great storyline for Toronto media. It yeah, it would not have gone well up here. That's no, for sure, definitely not. The headlines um, would be outrageous. Like I'm just picturing the front page of the Sun. Like <laughs> it would just be terrible, man. How about oh, Dallas? Leading, how about Dallas leading that series two games to one? That's unexpected. It's a big surprise, especially after game one. Like yeah. that was complete Calgary. It was a four nothing win game one, and then yep, they just hunkered down and i think we we were talking about how dallas just their their time might be done and got ben and sagan being unable to produce and there they are i think they only won i think they only won one nothing right because because ottinger has stopped 93 of 96 (laughs) shots he's faced uh that series they won four to two uh yesterday Dallas did, yeah, but oh, Calgary, yeah, right? Yeah, was it one nothing in game one? Um, let me see. Yeah, one nothing. Nothing stars oh, in game yeah. two. And didn't our friend Greg tell us? You know, Calgary's the second most reliant on their goaltender, and I mean, it's showing right yeah. now. Yeah, they got guys that drop. Dude, you want to talk about a guy that's going to get grilled apart if they lose? Johnny Hockey. Johnny Hammond cheese is not going to have a nice and in a, in a contract year too, which like, I think it would be stupid for Calgary to not bring him back. But I read a crazy stat today about him. He had like an all time great 
even strength point regular season. He was the first guy, I think, since 94 to have 85 or more points at even strength, which yeah. is insane. Wow. I read a stat today of the guys in the playoffs that have played at least 20 playoff games in their career, I think this, the cut line was. Of those 350 players, he's 346th in even strength points in the playoffs. Like, how's that even possible? You, like, wonder about these guys. Like, how can you play that well in the regular season and then do that in the playoffs, man? Like, he has been invisible. Lindholm's been really good. That's about it. Yeah. Like, Kachuk's too busy getting in fights yeah. all the time. Yeah, that, like that game yesterday, man. Like right off the hop. What's man, up man. with him and Klingberg? Eh, I don't know, man. Like what is that all? Well, about? there was. I think Klingberg. There was something with Klingberg the game before, wasn't there? Oh yeah, Sutter did something, and they I got think that, a little scrap there too. They have like a little in response war going. To that. Um, which I mean, that's something you do in the regular season, man. Not in the playoffs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for this stuff in the playoffs. But you normally only see it in the first round, you know, in the in the in the second and later rounds. Like you don't see this brand of hockey normally because things get a little bit more tight. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot more to lose once you get out of the first round, and I just you don't see this brand of hockey as often. But I, I agree. Like, work, go, go out there and worry about playing the the brand of hockey that scored you over a hundred points this season. Like, don't worry about you know trying to knock people's heads off their shoulders and press your dad in the stands. Like there's literally no reason for that at this point, man. You lost mm-hmm. four to two, you know, you're a, you're a cup favorite, honestly, probably not next to Colorado coming into this. And like, what are you guys doing? Like it makes no sense to me. And Joe Pavelski, by the way, absolute weapon. Still, I've always said he's probably been one of the more underrated, underappreciated players of the last decade. It, you know, back with San Jose, like the guy just, if you want a blueprint, what you want out of, out, out of a centerman, like Pavelski, man. Yeah. He's been really, really good. Yeah. And, and no one's surprised by that yeah. at this point with him. Great season. Playoff Great guy. Season. He, he performs, man. Mm-hmm. 11 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> 11 million a year. I am. He is, uh, yeah, he he's just always shown up, even when the Sharks were underachieving. Yeah, he was always there. Yeah, he's a really for, good player still. For the Flames, though, man, I think I don't think they can afford to pay both those guys. Um, I know. I I think they keep Kachuk, man, hundred percent right. I think I think they value his brand of hockey more in Calgary than they do what Johnny Hockey's done. I, I think they I think they will too. I, I think that the only way that maybe they, they can get both is if they somehow can figure out a way to move on from Sean Monahan, who has like I don't know what has happened to that guy, man. His career has nosedived. Yeah. And he's a really good OHL player too. Injuries and like build his career, man. Yeah, really yeah. Bad. It's unfortunate. Like he's had a number of hip problems already. Then he had, I think, that wrist thing last year. Like, yeah, it's it's too bad, but like his get, I mean, he's he's invisible out there. They're missing Sam Bennett. I'll tell you that much right now. That how about that man? He's I want to say missing up. Sam Bennett. I want to say missing Sam Bennett, but because he wasn't performing in Calgary, or maybe he's being used the wrong way. But the, the the transition that guy's career has made from Calgary to Florida just night and day. Yeah, 
it's that they, he's been a huge asset to Florida, but for Calgary, like Tachuk will be an RFA, Gaudreau be a UFA. Like, can you just let him walk for nothing after all this, everything he's put up? And it's gonna be, I don't know, man. Like, it's a tough situation. It, it, for it is a tough spot to be in, man. I mean, I'd love to see yeah. Johnny Hockey, Johnny Ham and Cheese in Buffalo. No, not gonna lie, Pony's up as well. Like. Magiapani, another big surprise this season. A guy yeah. had a phenomenal year. He's I, uh, I, I, like I said, you know, I know Buffalo. You know, pe- people seem to think that our forward line, our forward group is kind of set for next year. I don't agree. I really don't. I don't understand why people think that. Um, well, nothing should be set. You missed the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. To be, per- to be perfectly fair, just because you had you finished the season the way you did and you played as well against against all playoff teams the way you did. Yeah, like. Doesn't mean that you should take your forward group and just leave it as is. I still think you really need uh, a guy to compete with Tage Thompson for that number one center spot. I think that like a what a guy that could really be a one A one B. You know what I mean? Like where depending on the night, you, you don't need Tage Thompson to be your first line center. Maybe I, I've been very high on a guy like J T. Miller. What would it take to get him out of Vancouver? Um, you know, a guy like that. It doesn't have to be JT Miller, but a guy like that who isn't you have Kenny Malkin. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can you imagine? But it might be. I would man. love Johnny Hockey. He's still young and the guy is an absolute wagon. He's a really and, good player. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, I just, you know, for a guy to bring a guy like Johnny Hockey into your organization, I don't care who you are or how high you are on the players on your team. Almost anybody in your fort group is expendable to bring in a guy like Johnny, Johnny, uh, Goudreau, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree with that. Based simply on you know what what he's been able to do in the regular season over the last few years, especially this year. I mean, yeah, playoff playoff woes aside, I mean, you know that's that's always a two way street a little bit in in yeah. in team sports, right? It's not like in all the years that Calgary hasn't done much that other guys have like really stepped up and you know, blown him out of the water by any means, you know, it, right. it, is, it is still a team game, but you know, you do look at those numbers and are like a little concerned or, or, or in the very least confused yeah, by them. But I mean, yeah. I would do whatever I could to try and keep them. Uh, but yeah, like what a, that's a hell of an off season for yeah. Calgary. There's going to be yep. a few teams with yep. one more off seasons, man. <laughs> if you're getting rid of Monahan, dude, you have to eat some salary there. There's no He's- way. I think you might have to one year left is 6.3 from Monahan after this year. So I think you might have to take, would you take Sean Monahan at a half after cost? I mean, they got to reach the floor. So you got to do whatever you got to do at this point. I mean, yeah, I I would, if they retained at least 40% of his salary and maybe threw a draft pick in for me too. Yeah. And you can have a a worse draft pick back. They're going to have the money. Why? Why not take a shot? And, and you're doing. In reality of it is, you're, you Buffalo has the leverage there, right? You're doing them the favor. Absolutely. Like I'd be, I'd be like, hey, Monahan. I, I, if I'm Kevin Adams, I phone up in that deal. I, I learned Sean Monahan's on the market, and they, they'd be willing to retain salary. I go, hey, I'll give you a third round pick if you give me a second and retain forty percent of his salary, and we'll throw in a conditional fifth round pick if he scores twenty goals. Yeah. That's the type of thing I would be saying if I was Kevin Adams in this made up scenario we have if Sean Monahan because like clearly the guy's got talent. Yeah. And on a flyer like that, yeah, I, I, I'd give it a shot. Like what if he showed it. up and scored twenty five? 
wouldn't be mad about that. Right. Yeah. And he's a center too, so it really fits that mold. And he can still uh, play center well. Like he's still third line center. You slide Dylan Cousins down to your third line center. Yeah. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't play Casey at center. You find somewhere else spot for. Or maybe Casey's just the odd guy out. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not a listen. I'm not a Casey Mills that hater anymore. Love Casey. But uh, I actually think moving to the wing might do a yes. lot for his game. Agreed. Yeah. So on his offside, if you put him on the right <laughs> wing, yeah, I I think that actually might do quite a bit for his game, especially if he ended up playing with a guy like like a Monahan in this mm-hmm. scenario. I actually think that that would do a lot for his game. I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, before we wrap things up here, uh, big another big slate of games for tomorrow. Rangers and Penguin, Penguins. Uh, Pittsburgh leads that series two games to one. Your Capitals versus the Panthers. 2-1 uh, two, series lead for the Capitals there. And as we just talked about, uh, Flames and Stars. Dallas leads that series two games to one. And the Avalanche looks look to close it out against the Predators up three games to none. Um, I think, I think, uh, the avalanche complete the sweep there. Uh, hundred percent. I do too. Yeah. There's just no life in, in like nothing coming out of Nashville, like nothing. They had their shot with that overtime game to, to at least get something out of it. And I mean, hell of a game by, uh, by Ingram. That was their chance. You step in and, you know, it doesn't bounce their way and kind of writing was on the wall at that point. Yeah. Ingram with that friggin' that pizza he put out in front of the net on the bat. I don't know what he was doing there. Yeah, it was a tough one. Yeah, man, that was a yeah, tough man. one for sure. I, I mean, granted, you, granted, you'd like a little more communication with you and your de- your, your defenseman there. Sure. Yeah. Go forehand there, man. Go go up the boards. What what are you doing? Like, don't go backhand out to the front of the net. Like, especially as a goalie, man, you're not Marty Broder. Like, don't. What do what you? What do yeah. you? Yeah. Like. Oh, just Jesus Christ, but um, yeah. Any predictions for your Capitals tomorrow? Are they going to be able to go up three games to one there? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course they could. It's just like, is the same goalie going to show up? Yeah, like if Samsonov's going to play like that, like the Caps have got them running scared a little bit physically. Like I, I just think that, I just think the Caps are still one of the best teams in the in this entire playoffs. On, along the wall and and forechecking like they're a big heavy team mm-hmm. and they know who they are man like and they they got a bunch of guys that are winners now that know what the grind looks like and and remember that you know when they won that cup i mean i know it's a couple of years ago now like they did a lot of it on the road they're the first mm-hmm. team ever in nhl history to close out all four series on the road they are the road dogs, the road warriors for a reason. And playing at home, like playing on on the road in Florida, it just does not bother them. They they do the same meat and potatoes, north-south, run you through the end wall game every single night. Can Florida withstand that and get the puck moving a little quicker? And can Bobrovsky just be okay? Yeah, like, yeah. Can, can he just be okay? Um that'll be the big question, but the way the caps play with Oshi and Backstrom and Mantha running around out there, like he mm-hmm. is filling in really nicely for Wilson and you know, the, the decor just doing their job. And if Samsonov shows up again like that and the caps just keep doing their thing, this, this might be over quicker than a lot of people probably thought. 
But that yeah. all depends on that all depends on the goalies. I have no faith in Florida right now. Really? Why should anybody have faith in Florida? What have they ever done? Yeah. They haven't won four uh, road playoffs. They put together a really nice hockey team no. in Florida. They got a great looking roster. I, I mean, granted, yeah, they they haven't proven anything yet. Uh, you know, in terms of playoff success, but I if I'm if I'm looking at a roster lines one through four that you know. I, I would think on paper win me a cup. I, I would look at Florida. I think a lot I think a lot of people a lot of people did and probably still would. And yeah. again, it's two one. They're you know, they're not down three nothing. Yeah. But they need a little more heartbreak before they can be considered contenders, I think. A couple yeah. more years of misery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the then, 25 uh, years or whatever it was of no playoffs wasn't enough. This no, they need a, a little more pain and agony. Yeah, I hate to kind of root for a team like the Panthers to win the cup, but to see a guy like Jumbo Joe, I, I, I'm assuming that he'll get a game in here and there. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, a not, lot of people would like that. Yeah. It's I, draft pick as well. Yeah. Florida gets bounced. That's, that's a 20. Like, that's a lot better for the blue and gold. That's true. That's true. We'll see. It'll be good. But, um, thanks, guys, for hopping on. You know? Yeah, man. It's always, always a pleasure. pleasure not have to do this by myself. Uh, normally during the season, I'd say like 80% of the time I do these by myself. So it's always fun to have some extra voices and opinions in here for all hang up and listen. Uh, and it always tends to go a little bit later. Me and Vinny were on last week uh, on RJ or a, week, a little over a week ago for RJ's final call. And we were on for over two hours. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, uh, that made sense. So wasn't expecting it to go that long, but we had a blast. It was absolutely electric. But appreciate you guys coming on, man. Yeah. Absolutely, buddy. Here. Anytime. Anytime. Remember, the guys, this is brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on Georgia Boulevard. Uh, I am Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, Ryan Drury, and of course, Gatesy. You can find them. <laughs> Oh, we're so close. Oh, no, he's, so he's pulling the Leafs. Uh-huh, so blowing it. Oh, my God. I am so sorry. We we oh, almost God. made it to the end. This is a good Oh, my God, man. I almost, Nationalism. I, I almost made it. Um, but you can find Ryan Drury on Twitter at CKNX underscore Drury. Or you can find Gatesy, Ryan Gates. Not Ryan Gates. Close. Carson Gates. Uh, at Gatesy35 on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, boys, for hopping out with me. Uh, you can find me at Dwayne S39 or at Two Goalies on Mike on Twitter, of course, or really anywhere uh, you get your hockey content, uh, YouTube as well. So mm-hmm. I'll hang up and listen, boys, and you guys have yourselves a great night. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen.
podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.